Hey everyone, welcome to Podcasts and Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in-depth series of books by J.D. Robb. I'm AJ. I'm Jen. I'm Tara. And this is episode number 10 of Podcast in Death. And this episode we're talking about Ceremony and Death. Yay. Which is uh, book number five. And, you know, I... <sighs> I'm going to be in the minority on this one this time because you know that at, at least in this series, I do not like the paranormal stuff. Yeah, I know. I love paranormal in other cases, right? In other books. Yeah. But I just feel like, you know, we started writing a police procedural and then all of a sudden paranormal shit's happening and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, uh, and set up for that. No, I'm actually right there with you. Yeah. And I mean, I don't see this one, though, as so much paranormal as I do. Yeah. Kind of as more the exploration of, I mean, legit religions. They're out there. I mean, Satanism and Wicca are both practice religions. Right. Yes. Yeah. So you're right. Like, I don't have a problem with that at all. Yeah. And what I have a problem with is like, there were just like there was uh one part of the book where Eve had gotten scratched by Selena. Yeah. And then um Chaz, because we don't want to call him Charles because, you know, yeah. you'll confuse him. A uh, healed her. Okay. Yeah. Right? Put some stuff that. on her and then next thing we know she's like completely healed. Yeah. Which that kind of stuff. Happen. As a healthcare provider, I can um <laughs> Right. And verify that that does not happen ever. So I, I'm kind of with you on that. I, I don't love the paranormal stuff. I think I would like this book better and things like Chaz and Isis. And even like when she does the, the like palm reading in the sandwich shop, I think that that stuff would bother me less if it were later in the series. Like, I feel like, we just got all this stuff thrown at us. And then later on in the series, she like brings in little kind of paranormal things on a much lesser extent. I feel like, you know what I'm saying? See, I, yeah. think, I feel like she brings it in harder. I mean, on. I don't know. Later I, I guess on, yeah. I was thinking of like, um, when we meet Peabody's parents and like the weird oh, stuff uh, with Sam mm-hmm. Is like yeah. that's a much easier thing to like get into. It's not thrown at you like fifteen things thrown at you at once in a book. Sure. And sure. I feel like this one is just thrown all over the place. And I think that like Chaz and his ability to do the healing could be more interesting and more I don't know more useful in the series if it wasn't in the middle of everything else. I guess I feel like you know with. Peabody's father and all, you know, the healers. Um, I feel like, you know, there's actually some legit medical studies out there that back that kind of thing up. You know, the way that happens, just using energy and, you know. Right. You know, muscle energy well, techniques and that sort of thing. So I can get there. You can't just put a, you know. Well, no. You can't just like whisper a charm and put a cream on something. (laughs) Right. No, no, no. And that's not like, that's not what I was, that's not really what I was saying. I think I'm just more like, if that's the route we're going with that, I'm not opposed to it, 
but I don't like it in this book where this book is clearly about mm, people who are actually not doing magic. They're not actually right. doing good things. Right. They're just terrible people who are using people's fear against them. And so to yeah. like throw, if we are going to use like good witches, like Isis, we're going to use this kind of healing thing in the series, throw it in this book kind of makes it too much to me anyway. Yeah, I, I, I think that's my frustration with it. Because I actually, at the end of this book, I'm like, I actually would like to know a little more about Isis and Chaz, but it's not important, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I think where I come down on, on any of the paranormal stuff in this series, in, in like I said, in other series, I, you know, her other books... Her Nora Roberts books, you can have all the paranormal you want. Yeah. You can heal people. You she can does. have vampires. I do not Rich care. I love it all. Town. Yeah. Right. But I just feel like this one was meant to be a police procedural, which says to me, realism. Yeah. And not fantasy. Sure. I get that. Oh, and yeah. if it had started as fantasy, then I would have been all on board. <laughs> yeah. For anything. Right. Yeah. Here we are and, five books in and suddenly here it is. Yeah. Yeah. And and I feel like also it for me, it, if it was written in a way in, in more of a way where you make your own decision. Uh, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if if uh, Chaz had put the cream on Eve's neck and, you know, it felt better. Sure. But not healed yeah. completely. Yeah. yeah. I get that. Yeah. Again, you know. Topical analgesics are a thing and they work. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of. But, (laughs) you know, they're not going to make those marks disappear overnight. Right. Exactly. And so I think, but that was a choice that she made to kind of like hint that, no, these people have actual powers. Yeah. Where you're like, "Mm, I want to make my own decision on that. Mm -hmm. And if you make a decision that they do and I make a decision they don't, that's That's perfectly fine with me. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to make my own decision. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it reminds me of um, I I can't I want to say it's Laurie Foster. I don't know if either of you have read any Laurie Foster. I think it's Laurie Foster who had uh, a few years back done a whole series of books uh, uh, based on the Ultimate Fighting. Yes, I read those. You read those? Okay. So she had those right. So she had those, and she was doing them, and it was fine. And then she had one of the guys at the end of a book, not his book, but at the end of the book before his, he got in some sort of accident and he was in the hospital and he was paralyzed. Right. So this has all been based on real life stuff, right? Ultimate fighters, that kind of thing. And he's, this guy gets paralyzed and you know that his book is next. He's in the hospital, right? And then she does a complete 180 where um, he's visited by an alien from another planet that takes him to the other planet and heals him. (laughs) And I'm like, what just happened? What? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, uh, if you want to look at, just stick with Nora. I mean, look at the, the born in trilogy. You've got the first two books where it's absolutely no paranormal at all. Like right. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You know, you have Maggie and Rogan, you know, the where she's doing the glass work. And, right, right, right. You know, and then the third book, they, she brings in all this stuff with Murphy and Shannon and the, the ghosts and the, you know, the past lives. And it yeah. was like, 
She <laughs> okay. Well, she just loves doing that, and I don't have a pro- I, again. I don't you have know, a problem with it. It was just her- it was just a weird like one eighty because yeah, sure they're right. Irish and they believe in you know they tend to believe in that kind of stuff a right. little bit more. But typically in her in her series, she she makes it clear from the very beginning that she's yes. going to put some paranormal yeah. in. And in this case, nothing no. until the third book. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, you know, we were together in a past life. And, you know, I'm having these dreams and this and that. And I'm just like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, where did this go? It's very... I don't get it. But, all right, cool. Mostly, I'm just... I hate that book anyways, because I couldn't stand Shannon, and I wasn't a real fan of Murphy in that book, but whatever. I think in this book, at the end of the day, it's actually, there's... That's not even what the case is, you know, because... yeah. Alvin and Selena are not doing. Yeah, they're grifters. I mean, they're running a scam. Oh, yeah. And I get it. She wanted to juxtapose that with people who may actually have powers. Yeah, and that we're good, and we're trying to live good lives, and you know, actually, we're devout in their religion, right? Which is a good thing. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I that was just kind of out of nowhere and kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, it it didn't bother me so much the first time I think I read it. Yeah. Subsequent readings, I'm like, uh, this one yeah. is a hard one for me personally. Just the Satanism, and I don't know, just it's all you know, weird. Not to get into religion or anything, you know, I'm Methodist, and it's just Satanism has always freaked me out. Not to offend any Satanists that might be listening, but just it's just always freaked me out just as a <laughs> concept, like, right? And so. Which is weird because I just finished binging Lucifer and that's the new, <laughs> the new, uh, the new yeah. season drops Friday and I'm so excited because it's such a good show. <laughs> but but they're not practicing Satanism on that show. It's like, right. you know, yeah. and I don't know, just the whole, uh, the rituals and everything is just, yeah. Yeah. Not crazy. It's just, I don't know. It's a tough one for me. Yeah. It kind of goes it above and beyond. Yeah. But what I really, I mean, I, I think I, I said this to both of you that it, it occurred to me in this book, especially, that um, Nora has a tendency to kind of, I don't know what the word would be, maybe telescope, uh, or to put out feelers, not feelers, but, you know, uh, clues as to the kind of theme of the book. Like yeah. from the very beginning, first chapter or second chapter. And she carries a theme through both the the case and interpersonal relationships. Yeah. You know, that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does a really good book. job with that. Yes, very much so. Yeah. So, I mean, this one from the very, I think this is the first chapter and they're at um, Frank Wojcicki's uh, funeral. Funeral, yeah. And um, Eve looks at uh, Wojcicki's uh, wife and she's wearing a plain black dress and it says she wore her husband's 25 year NYPSD ring on a chain. And Eve thinks another right, another symbol. And then that's the theme that's carried through throughout the entire book, you know, yeah. rights and symbols. Yeah. And even in interpersonal stuff, we're talking about rights and symbols. Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Because we're going to have a discussion on that ring thing. 
So yeah, I mean, the whole book is about rites and symbols, which makes sense for this case. The other thing I liked in that first, uh, the first chapter is again, we're going to go back to would Eve be a good mother, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, we meet, uh, Jamie, who is Frank Wojcicki's grandson. Yeah. And, uh, Alice, Alice is, uh, Frank's granddaughter. And, but Jamie has a brother, Pete, who says something to Eve about, you know, cause Eve's got her blaster on and, and uh, her, and he says to her, like, why are you wearing, you know, your gun or whatever. His mother tells her, don't, don't uh, say anything. You know, that's rude. And then at a certain point, Eve kind of crouches down to him and says, when I was a rookie, I saw your grandfather zap a guy at 10 yards. He was the best. Yeah. It's so which is very, Which is a very sweet interaction. I love that. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah, I mean, I mean, if he was like perceptive of her, to, yeah, that he was curious her. about that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but also to give him a story about his grandfather, right, was you know, really sweet of her to yeah. do, and you know? like she just does it. There's no right. There's no yeah, like, counting. There's nothing, and there's no part where we're in her head where she's making the choice to do it. She just does it, and I think that throughout the series. Nora does a good job of kind of wheedling in little places there. Like we get to see Eve uncomfortable with children, but we also get to see see Eve's instinct to just handle it in right. her own way, and it's always lovely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think this this is I think the first one in the whole. Yeah, series. I think so. So yeah, she yeah, does have good I mean. instincts with kids. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Older kids. Don't tell her that, but no. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think yeah. doesn't Rourke say that he does say that in this book? Yeah, he, does. he says that the when, about, about Jamie. When Jamie breaks yeah. into the house and he says he wonders if she would, he says she was good with children and yeah, said, what? Yeah, <laughs> what she's about? like, what are you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd wondered. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, in this one, Rourke is um, he's away. On a yeah, can we talk about how often Rourke is off planet in the early books? Yeah, he seems to be. It's really which would make sense. Yeah, for sure. He's got his own life and business to run. Yeah, it's just it's interesting to me that he's like he's gone a lot in the early books off planet, Mm -hmm. and you know, and then later on, and that's kind of explained later on too. He's kind of like, oh, I just I got tired of doing it all the time, so and I wanted to be here with you, and which is sweet, but yeah, you know. At this point, they're still newlyweds, so you'd think he'd want to be there more now right. than later on. But Right. But it could be you know. a thing where, you know, I mean, all of this off-planet stuff and all of the, you know, traveling and whatnot could be him trying to, yeah, you get know. Get that all taken care yeah, of. Yeah, get that all taken care of so he can take more time off. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I just find it kind of interesting that. Or at a certain point, he decided a, he had earned a enough. Trope, but a device that she uses a lot in the earlier right. books that he's gone. And right. then it just kind of trickles off and disappears. But a lot of stuff kind of trickles off and disappears throughout the series. Like, <laughs> like I, I've forgotten how much he smokes in the early books. Oh, yeah. Like, it's constant. And I'm just like, dude. Yeah. And what I find interesting is not just that he smokes, but that Eve is constantly thinking about how how fragrant it is and how yeah. comforting it is. And you're like, yeah, really? And it's kind of funny because, you know, Nora was a smoker. I don't know if she still is, but I know she was. Yeah. She used yeah. to talk about that. 
And so it's almost like you almost wonder if she's kind of like putting that in there to be like, yeah, screw all you anti-smoking crazy people. Yeah, it could be. You know, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is kind of funny if you think about it. I kind of like it, but because that would be me. I'm a lifetime non-smoker. Sure, yeah. So many smokes around me. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> right. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, no offense, smokers. Sure. I just think it's I just think it's kind of funny because you know, smoking is kind of like the last vice that's. People is like universally hated, and people are like, "Ew, gross!" Like, you shouldn't be doing that, right? You know? Yeah, everything else is, you know, drinking's like, fine. Drinking's fine, you know. Yeah, but yeah. It's just, it's kind of funny. It just kind of makes me laugh that because she's kind of like, she kind of puts a positive spin on the smoking, and I'm always yeah. like, kind of like, <laughs> it is very positively I spun you, in the series. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think this is either chapter one still or whatever. When Eve comes home from the funeral and she's in the shower and Rourke comes home. Yeah. And gets in the shower oh with her. That's, it's classic. <laughs> yeah. It's classic. Yeah. But she tells Somerset, you wild man. <laughs> I'm still not going to fire him. Yeah. I'm still not going to fire him. <laughs> yes. It's classic. It's that good is enough. beautiful. And then, you know, Eve shows Rourke this this um, note that she got from Alice. Alice passed her a note in in the funeral and asked her to meet her someplace. And had this ancient uh, symbol on it. Of course, it's Celtic. Everything has to be Celtic because, you know, it's Rourke. Because, yeah. Rourke has to translate, yeah. you know. And he has all this wealth of knowledge about everything Celtic. And yeah. so Eve shows him this note and he's like, oh. This is the Celtic labyrinth symbol or, you know, I can't remember what he, he says. It Earth labyrinth or something. Earth labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, they talk about Alice being into witchcraft and stuff. And, and again, you know, I, I kind of fall on the Eve side of this, you know, like it's all, she's talking about how Mavis ran a, a mystic grift before, you know, Eve busted her. And she's like, she told me people will pay almost anything to tell them what they want to hear or more if you tell them what they don't want to hear. But again, more symbols. And another thing that I thought was interesting was I'm just going to be jumping back and forth if that's okay. okay. No. Um, Cause one of the things that people mentioned in the, uh, in on Instagram, everybody loved the scene where Eve got the tattoo. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Of the rose on her butt. That's the first tattoo we get in the series. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Trina does it once. When I read that scene, I was like, that's the first time. Yeah. Many more to come. (laughs) Trina does it once and I go, okay, well, that was funny. Let's do it again. You know? Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I don't know. I mean, a lot of times I feel like we think more about this series than Nora Oh, yeah. Thought about oh, it when she, like, oh, for sure, you know, yes, yeah. But Eve put a you know, the, she, Trina put a rosebud on her butt, and it was probably just because that's you know, a rosebud in tattooing seems like, yeah, it seems like a tattooing 101, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, but when I so I kind of like, yeah, but this book is about symbols, yeah, right. So I went and looked it up and <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> because it's me. And I didn't realize this. So the rose was a symbol um like in ancient Rome and in other ancient cultures of um secrecy or confidentiality. 
Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Knew none of that. I did not yeah. know that either. Yeah, there's a there's a Latin phrase um, sub rosa. It means under the rose, and it's supposed to be, you know, uh, keep something secret. And I read somewhere that uh, Romans, when they had secret meetings, would put roses up, and that was to symbolize to everybody, like, okay, this meeting is to be kept secret. Well, Romans are crazy because we're under the rose. <laughs> Romans are crazy. Well, I yeah. don't know. But I thought that was interesting. You know, I don't know whether she thought about that or she just thought, Rose, Tattoo 101. Right. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I could see that. You know, you start with Rose. Yeah. And you go up from there. Absolutely. I I feel so. There are a lot of people with Rose tattoos, so. There are a lot of people with Rose tattoos, yeah. Right. That's why I never wanted to. And they all have meanings. Because I was like, eh, it's cliche. It is cliche. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 You know, but yeah, it is tattooing 101. So I don't think she thought about it too much. But I, but if she didn't think about it, if she just put it in without yeah. thinking about it, right. Then it is kind of interesting that, that Rose has that meaning. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's kind of, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Something to think about. So, yeah. So here we are in, uh, let's see, where am I in this thing? <laughs> They went out to visit somebody. Alice. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Where they meet Peabody at the... Yes. Yeah. And they have the reading and, yeah, at the Psychic Deli. At the... Yeah, at the, the Psychic, psychic Deli. deli. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me laugh. I know. Which, again, you know, I mean, we were talking earlier about let me make my own uh, mind up. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, when they had their uh, psychic reading, you're not exactly making your mind up there because she uh, says some pretty specific things. Yeah. And um, again, there is some documentation of psychic abilities. And, you know. Yeah, I could totally get there. Yeah. If, like I said, if this was a series that had started that way to begin with. Yeah, then totally none of this would have bothered me at all. Yeah, psychic, sure, of course. Yeah. You know, I get yeah. what you're saying. I just, I just like I'm sa- I said, I can get there with this in this particular instance. And the other in this th- series, even I can. Get yeah, there. and the other reason it 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 kind of like doesn't work for me is in this series is because she remains a skeptic. Yeah, you know, even after like stuff happens mm-hmm. and yeah, and I think that's part of that is Eva's so flipping stubborn. Yeah, like well. she refuses to bend on anything until she's forced to. Right. And so, yeah, even when she sees things with her own eyes, she's like, I don't believe that. And goes back to whatever her other thought yeah. process was. Which I guess is, you know, I mean, that's her job. So. And yeah, sure. I get that. But I'm just saying she is, she's not, she doesn't, you know, I always kind of chuckle because work always talks about her having a flexible mind. I'm like, no, yeah. she does not. <laughs> a like, lot yeah. of things. Yeah, no, she like, doesn't. She is one of the most inflexible people ever. Like, yeah. Right? Not, yeah. Like she makes up her mind on something and she's so stubborn about it and does not even bend at all. And to the point where it frustrates me sometimes. Like I'm like, for God's sakes. Really, <laughs> I agree. Though there are times where I'm just like, you're so like because she's so smart and so yeah. capable that you know her inability to be flexible 
is frustrating. But also, like, as she grows, she needs to continue to have some flaws, you know? So I guess. Oh, sure. sure. You know, that's, yeah. that's absolutely yeah. one to go I mean, back to. Yeah. I'm not saying I hate that about her. I just, yeah, there's times it's that I'm very like, frustrating sometimes. Like, come on. Really? <laughs> well, you know, and the thing is, me being me, I'm I'm more Eve-like, so I see myself in that, you know. I mean, I'm sure things have happened to me where people, other people would say, like, you know, oh, no, that was a sign. Don't you see that? And I'm like, no. Really. <laughs> I don't see no. that as a sign at all. You know, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I, I, I do. I totally, I understand that mindset. I do. I just, I'm just saying with Eve, it's just. Sometimes with her, it frustrates me. And it's not just this kind of thing. It's other things, too. Mm-hmm. Like she's just so inflexible about some stuff. And it's just like, yeah, really? A lot of situations are going to come. Well, like the situation with Charles yeah. and Peabody later on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of situations yeah. happen where, yeah, yeah, Eve is very inflexible. Yeah. And it's just and yeah, even that later on in this book, and we'll get to it, but um, when she has to... Uh, when she has to question Chaz and, yes. you know, yeah. So, um, and she's even beating herself up about being inflexible essentially. Right. Yeah. yeah. So if you're beating yourself up about it, maybe change that about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard though. It's it so is hard, hard to it, change yourself. Change is hard. Yeah. It's just annoying. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of like, there's a lot of Gaelic coming up in this. And this is so funny because like last book was the first time we heard any Gaelic at all. And I feel like this book has a ton. There's a lot of Gaelic. I mean, and I feel like it just becomes the norm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where Rourke's like, well, hell, let's just embrace it. Yeah. But it's not even Rourke, really, because they're having their palm read. And at a certain point, the, the, the girl that's reading their palm, like, grabs Rourke's hand and starts talking to him in Gaelic, which freaks Eve out. And then, so they they meet with Alice and then they leave the club and then she sends Peabody out to, you know, tail Alice. And then they see a, a black cat, another symbol. Yeah. Um, and uh, they determine that it's not a real one. It's a droid cat. Mm-hmm. And it goes to scratch Eve when Eve bends down, which is I like, why are you bending down trying to touch the cat? That's just, yeah, that's, right. you know, so they're seeing it's a droid cat or whatever. And then Rourke says something to it in Gaelic. And then yeah. later on, he's, he thinks, now, why did I talk to that cat in Gaelic? Or why did I say something? It, I think it's weird. I think it's a little much. For him to yeah. say something in Gaelic to, to the cat. cat. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's protecting Eve. Eve got scratched and he is pissed off at the cat. <laughs> the, so the cat that's probably a droid cat, a droid cat. Yeah. But I mean, we, we, you know, obviously Rourke speaks in Gaelic when he's pissed off. This is true. This yeah. is true. So, you know, maybe that's where that came from. I don't know. A lot of Gaelic, a lot of uh, weird, like, black cats and black uh, birds or whatever, I don't know, in this book. You know, we're talking about, yeah, all this, but, you know, right after this is when Alice is hit by the cab. Right. And we have the first time that Peabody kind of loses her shit. 
And then Eve, um, Eve kind of like is short with her. Yeah. Which pisses Peabody off. Right. Yeah. But But I feel like 20 minutes later, they're like, oh yeah, we're cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know know, about that, but I, the thing is, I mean, so uh, Nora always like, um, you, you always, you see inside Eve's head and she's, she's, even though she's short with Peabody, I mean, in, in her head, she's thinking like, babying her is really yeah. not going to help you in this see, situation. You see Eve is, is looking at this from a practical standpoint. Because right. You can see inside her head. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. She, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know what the word is, but, um, just sympathizing. Yeah. 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 But that's how Eve, Eve deals with stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. she feels like, you know, for her, it works to just, you know, put all the emotional stuff away and, and, and do procedurally what you need to do. Well, and this is their third case together that we're seeing. Yeah. And even though like their first case together was pretty like high drama and, you know, it was very personal because of, you know, Mavis and everything like this is their first time having something like this happen between right. the two of them. Right. And it's pretty quickly that Peabody realizes, no, I know what Eve's doing. You know, she knows what Dallas right. is doing yeah. for her, but she also has to have the experience of learning that. And Eve has to have the experience of having a person under her that's responding in a completely different way than how she would. So right. I think it's about building their experience together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's actually a good point. Yeah, that, that scene has always pissed me off. Like, Maddie <laughs> is such a little brat, and yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. But yeah, yeah I mean, because, that's actually a really good point, Tara. I think yeah. that it's important to remember that. And again, like, and I, th- I said this when we did the episode about yeah, two of them. You know, yes, that I, I think we just saw a woman die right. Yeah, now. like it's and and we don't we don't know what that's we don't know what that's like. Yeah, but right, but Eve does it. You know, Eve handles it. Her instincts, and again, like Eve is so driven by instincts, she handles it with exactly how she thinks she should. And then she realizes that, you know, she also learns from it too, I think. Like, yeah, it's it's Mm -hmm. a learning moment for Peabody, but I think Eve learns about how to handle Peabody in the future. Right. Um, Because she's never been, Eve's never been in this situation before. She's never trained anyone. Right. I also sometimes forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I'm when I'm you know reading through these earlier books, I'm like, but right, Eve actually has never trained anyone before. Even though she's right. the best, it doesn't mean she's the trainer that everyone. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just, yeah. it's mm-hmm. nice to remember that she's also learning how to deal, and it's a lot yeah. of it has to do with people for her. You know, right? Absolutely. So yeah, I love I love this moment in their you know in their relationship. Um, it's even though this book is very hard to read. Yeah. And it's, I'm really glad that they make up immediately because, you know, Feeney really comes for Eve the next day. Oh, right. And yeah. And, and it's hard. And that is someone hard. who should know, you know? Right. Yeah. And it, it, that's interesting that, you know, again, that same thing happens between Eve and Peabody and then Eve and Feeney. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's kind of the exact same thing. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. You know, and like Tara said, Feeney should know better. And and but again, you know, he's a person driven by emotion, 
he right. didn't know that you know that that Alice was his goddaughter like it's just it's not it's not black and white which is so funny because this series is about Eve who would love everything to be black and white right exactly yeah it's really yeah well and Eve has been told like don't bring Feeney in and she's asked a couple times like you know please let me bring him in and and she's been told not to and so she was you know like she said to him you know she was also taught by him to you know follow orders follow orders and do what needs to be done for the kids yeah I was completely on Eve's side on that oh I was too yeah I was like dude what no What is wrong with you? <laughs> but again, they, you know, they, they pretty much like cleaned it up as easily yeah. as they can. You absolutely love so much that work goes to Feeny over it. Yeah. Like, listen, you jackass. <laughs> like, yeah. This is, this is not okay. You're going to apologize to my wife. <laughs> right. You're going to handle this. <laughs> Well, he saw that she was really hurt by it, yeah. you know, and not just yeah. not just in a way that she not would... just in a cop like professional way, right? Very personally, she was hurt by it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, and Rourke to the rescue. He's yeah. always, you I know, that somebody hurt my wife, and they're yeah. going to hear about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I still, I still kind of have issues that he told Feeny about her past, but I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, it's not his yeah. story to tell. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, yeah. So I kind of, it kind of bothers me, but. I feel I, like it kind of just went that direction. Like, I don't think Rourke intended yeah, to get and I there. He wanted to make the point to Feeney. Mm-hmm. And then it just been, goes you know, there and holy crap. Yeah. This is what her, you know, birth father did to her. Right. You have been her father for however many years you know so you need to figure this out and right you know so. well and, and Feeney and Eve are very much alike in that in in the same way there where they're like this is really not something that we just sit around and talk about our feelings yeah. right and so no they're exactly who, alike who does need to be yeah. told this you know it's not yeah. it's it's very funny because Rourke though he doesn't seem to be a very like you know he's not weepy he's not emotional or whatever in in the in the way that we would think when we say the words emotional, but he can read and follow emotion and like get it so much better. So much better. Than yeah. Eve and Feeney. And it's, and I just, I love moments like this where he's like, I got to call people out for their shit now. Come on. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really great. It's really great humanizing Rourke stuff. Cause sometimes he's just like too flawless and yeah. he's doing these things that are good. And like sometimes I think we think that people, when we think characters are flawless or too good, they have to make mistakes to make them human. And really they just have to be human. And whenever yeah. Rourke does stuff like that, it's it's my favorite Rourke stuff. When he, oh, yeah. when he like just love, talks to someone like that. I love screw up Rourke. That's like some of my favorite <laughs> parts of the series. I love when it humbles yeah. him. I love right. it because he's not a humble guy. <laughs> no. You know, like, no. one bit. He's, but yeah. Yeah, I really look forward to moments like that. And this one is, he's not screwing up. He's just trying to connect to someone mm-hmm. in a way that will help. Yes. And I, right. I really no, I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. I'm not, I don't hold it against him. I kind of, I totally get why he did it. 
I'm just saying yeah. it's not his story to tell. Exactly. Right. You're not wrong. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's not, it's not right or wrong. It just happened, you know? Just, well, and yeah. it, you know, it's said in the book. I mean, Feeney says that he already knows some of yeah, that background. Some of it. He didn't know so, his father. He suspected, but he didn't. Know right. Right. Work told him. Right. But yeah. And you said something about Feeney and Eve being like exactly alike. And, oh, and yeah. one of the things that I, I um, marked here in the book is, um, as soon as Rourke comes over, Feeney, you know, it's like, you want to take a shot at me? Go ahead. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't mind pounding that pretty face of yours. And Rourke just says, Christ Jesus, she's just like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which is so true. So true. You know? Yeah. But I mean, again, you just can't, you just can't blame her. Cause you know, prior to that, I mean, like I said, she was falling apart and she's told him like, yeah. I, I've lost him. I swear I'd rather lose my badge. Yeah. And oh, no. I mean, I totally, I'm totally team working that. Yeah. I, yeah. It needed to be done, but yeah, I just. Yeah. And Feeney was another was one, another one that says to her, like, what the hell do you know about family when he's angry at her? Like, yeah. Can Not we please stop? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I, I get dudes. real mad about shit like that. <laughs> Don't say stuff like that. It's just not yeah. okay. Yeah, it's I mean, if you want to take that. a hard shot at somebody, <laughs> just I yeah. mean, that's like going you for the known balls better. right there. That's not okay. <laughs> yeah, that was that that was not okay. Hey, I on. agree. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, and it's worse from Feeny. it's worse coming from Feeney than it was. Yeah, from because he does know, it, but it was bad coming from Feeney. Yeah, so no. Yeah, and oh, can we can we mention? I'm I'm gonna start. We can mention anything if you want. Tally. Can we mention? Sure. Speaking of family, yeah. Peabody mentions a 16 year old brother. Right. That never mm-hmm. comes up again. Now. Well, maybe later on. Okay. I don't remember. I don't, know. I don't remember. Was it this book or was it last book where Eve asked her how many she has? I think it was yeah. last book. Yeah. And I think she said. The first time it's two brothers and two sisters. Or, that she has yeah. a sister and two brothers. And she says right. there are four of us. Okay. I want to yeah. say that's what the first one is. And then. After that, you're just like, I don't know. Peabody's got lots of siblings. Peabody has got like an ever-changing number of siblings. Like ever-changing. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is, I think, a later book where she talks about having two sisters and one of them was a lot older than her. You know, the other one that was closer to her age, they always fought over boys. It's very inconsistent. And then like, and then, you know, Zeke and his age... They switch places. Like at one point, Zeke is supposed to be younger than her, but then later on, yeah. he's older. It, yeah, it's, it's so like, this is just more of the confusing. How many siblings does she have? Yeah. Will we ever know? No, probably no. not. No, I don't think so. Yeah. And yeah. I think Zeke's the only one we've met, right? I don't think we've met anyone. Yeah. We don't even know the right. name. Yeah. Yeah. The no. Books. Yeah. But when she's, when she sits down with Jamie, after he breaks into the house, yeah, you know, she's like, "Oh, you know, she has a soft spot for kids that age. She has a brother that age." And I'm just like, 
They're free agers, so you know everything's fluid. Yeah, I maybe feel like. I mean maybe there's like neighborhood kids that also do maybe <laughs> she considers siblings. Just I mean, yeah. whatever, you know. Whatever, sure. I get it. Yeah, why not? Yeah. yeah. I just I, I, I just find that whole thing amusing. I'm not nitpicking it. I just think it's funny because yeah, it, it's like ever changing. Especially because no one else in the series has siblings. So like right. can we just yeah. keep the one person with siblings consistent? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you're right. right. an only child. You're absolutely <laughs> right. There's nobody else with siblings. Yeah. I don't think McNabb ever mentions one. He always talks about his cousin. His cousin Sheila. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think anybody else has siblings. That's well, you been know, mentioned. I, and the thing is, uh, I feel like you know, or Charles, I think mentions a sister. Yes, yeah, Charles yeah, has a but, sister, but she's never brought up again either. Yeah. Prior to this, Nora's only done like trilogies. Yeah, and you don't really have to keep track of a ton in trilogies. No, no, no. you don't. All your main players are there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And she, I don't, she wasn't prepared to do this kind of a no. series. And I just, like I said, I just find it amusing. I find yeah. it funny. I, Other I, people like would, would have kept a, a notebook or some like kind of thing, or, like, yeah. a like a whole, Bible. like a, yeah, a whole dossier yeah. on, on the character of Peabody and how, yeah. you know, who her parents were and how many siblings she has and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of like TV shows will do that. They'll keep, they'll keep track of right. early seasons. To later right. Season. Right. Yeah, and I right. feel like Nora, and I could be wrong, but I feel like Nora's uh, kind of a little bit of a write from the seat of your pants. Seat of your pants. I no, I type agree of person. I mean, she has to write. She writes so many things. Like, how could she sure. not? You know? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, too, with the Indus series, especially, you know, she know she knows what she needs to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And little little details yeah. like that. You know, they don't bother her. And I, you know, and they wouldn't know, they wouldn't bother, they don't bother normal people either. They bother you know, crazy people like that. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> and again, they don't they bother don't, normal people. They don't bother me. I just find it, I just find it, <laughs> I find it funny. Yeah. I mean, it is funny, but you know. Uh, it, it, like I will say it multiple times, I'm sure before we get done with this whole series. I mean, Sirius could use a continuity person. A continuity mm-hmm. person, yeah, definitely. Could have used it from the beginning, and now it's too late. Now it's like, yeah, meh. Yeah. Now it's like, go ahead great. and keep writing by the seat of your pants. Who cares? <laughs> I will say though, she has gotten better in the last like half of the series. Yeah, she doesn't make those mistakes very often. Well, so, I mean, maybe she has a continuity person maybe now. She, yeah. I don't know. Maybe she's using the wiki. Probably. Maybe she's using like the that. wiki. <laughs> she should be using the wiki. She's Everybody the wiki. should use the wiki. She's in my opinion. The wiki, the wiki is I great. That's my headcanon now. Nora's checking out the wiki when she's writing. Uh, there, there you like, go. I need this detail. What is it? Yeah. Check it out. Exactly. I mean, my God, we've got... We I mean, about the one podcast, we've got details like to the point of which side of the bed they sleep on, like, right? Exactly, and how their bedroom is laid out. And yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it is crazy. <laughs> You're right. More of my favorite um, scenes in this book. Um, I think right after they went to see Alice, mm-hmm. um, and then they're gonna do some more investigating at home, even Rourke. And uh, she kind of deputizes him because, you know, she can't bring Feeney in. 
he, you know, she asks him if he's okay with that. And he says, that depends, Lieutenant. Do I get a badge? And she says, no, but you get to have sex with a cop. And he's like, do I get to pick the cop? Yeah. So funny. I'd pick you, probably. Probably. I just love how they flirt. I think it's cute. It's so adorable. It's adorable. Yeah. Because they're not adorable people. Right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You know, if it was, if they were like adorable, cutesy people in general, it would annoy me. Right. But the way they flirt together is so cute and adorable that it's like, oh, yeah. I love things like that. Yeah. And the thing is, so he says that, that Peabody did look quite appealing. So, (laughs) and then, so later on when Eve and Peabody make up after their argument, Uh you know, Eve does bring it up, you know. Like, oh, well, you know, Rourke did say that you looked appealing. So I hit him just in case. <laughs> so I hit him just in case. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> we also have another, I'm sorry, Jen, another uh, Somerset's being a, a good person. A dick. No, a, a, no, Somerset's not being a dick in this. Well, yes. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. He's I just, always, you know, always the dick. dick. No, He's always a dick, a dick to her. But he actually wasn't too bad in this book. Yeah. Like, I mean, think of any instances where he was he's really bad. I was a dictator, but yeah, I think it's just for fun. And by this time, you know, so I'm trying to think, oh, um, this was after her fight with Feeney and she got home. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, um, you know, she and Somerset had some kind of a words. Yeah. I'm not here to anybody, you know? And, uh, then she went upstairs and, uh, it says, as she strode away, Somerset bent and picked up the cat. The lieutenant is very unhappy, Somerset murmured. Perhaps we should make a call. So yeah, Very sweet. Yeah, you know, you I know mean. And, oh, yeah, he called Rourke like, right after that. He said, lieutenant's unhappy and, yeah. you know, come and do something about it. Yeah. So, see, he's not always no, a dick. I know. I know. I know he's not. <laughs> I, I mean, will get there. I will get there, but. I'm still riding the Somerset's a dick train. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's been a while. We'll let you ride it. Yeah. Him for some of the shit he does in the early books. Right. But yeah, no, he, he actually was fine in this one. I don't remember an instance where I was like, oh, dick. Yeah. He, he was okay. Well, he, he didn't show up very much in this book. No, but. he really didn't. He wasn't in this one much. It's, I guess, setting it up for next book, which he's in a lot. Oof, he's a lot. Right. So, and the other inter- interesting thing, you know, again, with Nora kind of like bringing symbols in to both the case and to their, you know, personal life, Mm -hmm. you know, um, they went to see ISIS at a certain point and, um, ISIS said something about, you know, uh, you'll, you'll need all before this cycle passes a wolf, a boar and a silver blade. Anyway. So she says, trust the wolf, slay the boar and live. And then after that, several times, uh, just in passing, uh, Rourke is thought of as a wolf by oh, yeah. Eve. I mean, even going, I mean, flashing back to glory, he's compared yeah. to a wolf in the scene with Morris. Oh yeah, that's true. Right. Oh yeah. He's compared to a wolf multiple times throughout the series. Right. Yeah. So, but in this one, Eve thinks, you know, he's his eyes are like a wolf's and it was a wolf that she was supposed to trust. And then later on, there was some other thing. Oh, um, Jamie broke into their house with a homemade jammer. 
that he made himself and then Rourke, Rourke confiscated so it. Which I love. That Can we talk about that scene? Yeah. I absolutely love <laughs> that Jamie got past his security with a home yeah. jammer. Yeah, and Rourke's like... Rourke is so befuddled by it. Right. Just like, he doesn't know whether to be pissed off or happy and proud. Like, he's right. like, I don't understand what's happening here, but this is like, I'm mad, but this is also like, genius kid and i love him right like, and, <laughs> and then so he thinks crazy. you know like he looks at the homemade jammer and he he sees that it's a rourke industries game yeah yeah like Absolutely. game unit I, I love it yeah that it's such a great i mean i know we had already met jamie but that's such a great introduction for right a character yeah. that kind of carries throughout the series i mean we don't see him a lot but he's a recurring character we see jamie more often more than right yeah. And it starts to set up this like a, a little bit of a competition between Rourke and Eve as to who is gonna, you know, who Jamie's gonna, gonna yeah, yeah. go with. Who's as gonna far get him? Like, who's gonna get him? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 uh, Jamie is probably one of my top side characters. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Him. So later on. Uh, Eve's talking to Whitney and Whitney asks her what happened to the jammer. And uh, she says that Rourke has it. And, and Whitney laughs and says, you know, you gave the wolf the key to the hen house. Right. Yeah. So there's another wolf reference. And I'm you sure know. I didn't notice that the first few times I read this book. This time I did. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, again, you know, this is why this is so great because there's now I'm kind of paying more attention because I have to for the, for the podcast. <laughs> And well, once I, I got this, I don't know that I ever noticed. I don't think I, and I, I didn't, can't say that I noticed it this time in that context. I just, you know, that's kind of a, you know, it's an old saying: the wolf having the keys to the hen house. And you know, that's all I, that's kind of all it registered to as me as right. You know, so yeah, that's right, a, that's clever. Yeah, but once I, like I said, once yeah. the, the first part of the book, and I keyed in on, oh, this this book is going to have a lot of you know symbols in it. Sure. And then Isis said that thing about, you know, trust the wolf. Then every every time a wolf reference came up, I was like, oh, there's another one. There's another one. There were yeah. several in this book, you know, and I'm sure that was intentional. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's great. I love it. Although yeah. Nora could probably be listening to this right now and going, no. No, no. I didn't think of that. Like, no. Right by the seat of my pants. So, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, but I... I you know, I didn't even put it together, but now that I have, I I like it. That's great. And you know what I find interesting too? Like, okay, so I'm reading this thing on my Kindle, right? Mm-hmm. And what Kindle does is um, it will, you know, it'll allow you to mark passages that you want to remember or, you know, go back right. to yeah. or whatever, right? But what it'll also do is it'll keep track of um, the passages that other people have marked. If a certain number of people have marked the same passage sure. enough times, when you get that Kindle, even before you've marked anything, you see some of the uh, passages are underlined. Oh, yeah. And, and that means that uh, enough people have marked that passage that they've underlined it to kind of clue you in that, hey, maybe this is a passage that will be important, you know, that oh, you might. Oh, I never knew That's why. Really they cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so, um, and you can look, I, I didn't see it on my phone, um, probably on my regular Kindle, but uh, I also have the app on my, uh, on my laptop. 
And you can go in and you can, you can filter notes by like popular uh, notes that other people have highlighted. That's kind of fun. And I always, yeah, it's, it's, I went through, this is the first one I went through to, um, to look at that. And so it's interesting to me what other people, like there's several that it's obvious. Yes. You know, people are going to mark this one. Sure. After, so Eve and Peabody visited Isis and Isis says something about Eve's ring, having the Celtic symbol of protection on it. Yes. Which I love. Which is, you know, again, another symbol. And that, you know, it's, a, it's just beautiful. Purposely put in there because that's what this book is about. And um, Eve, when she gets home, says something to Rourke about it. Like, you know, why the hell is that there? You know? And he's kind of embarrassed by it. <laughs> yeah. And in, she said, you're embarrassed you're never embarrassed by anything. This is weird and kind of sweet, you know? And he (laughs) says to her, like, I'm not embarrassed. And then it says mortified. He decided, but not embarrassed. So this is the passage that, that apparently has been highlighted by a lot of people. I'm simply not entirely comfortable explaining myself. And it says, I love you. You risk your life, a life that's essential to me just by being who you are. This is a small and very personal shield. It's so lovely. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, it is that he thought about that. He's so fucking Irish. I mean, really? And so just like ridiculously in love. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. But it's, it's just so funny that he did that and like, didn't tell her like, I'll just do this. She'll never look, (laughs) which is true. That's true. Yeah. She didn't look at it. She didn't like, oh, it's got a nice design on it. It looks Celtic and that reminds her of Rourke. So that's it. Right. So the next one now here's okay. Why I'm asking you this. Why is this one? The one that people, cause it's, it's some, we're seeing uh, Selena doing some kind of a ritual and the okay. part and the part that says everybody has been, you know, Marking says Selena chose to be the altar and lay naked, a candle burning between her thighs, a bowl of sacrificial blood nestled be- between her generous breasts. Ew. Why are people marking that one? <laughs> why why are you people it? marking that? What's going on? Weirdos? Okay, yeah. Tell us Stop tell it. us on Instagram or Twitter yeah. why you're marking why that. Why are you marking <laughs> that? So weird. Please explain to us. Yeah. <laughs> Your train of thought because or they're just yeah, a bunch of you know i don't want to call people out for being weird but that's weird or it's just a bunch of perverted dudes you know that marking true. that part i don't know it's weird why would people mark that but anyway good question so the next thing well of course the next the next thing that everybody's marking is the um the incident where um eve thinks rourke slept first oh yeah and she tells him she loves him that's a big one yeah. A lot of people love that scene. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's one of and, and on Instagram there were a couple of people saying that's their favorite scene in the whole in series. The whole series, yeah. And it is a really good scene. It is a really good scene. I wouldn't I wouldn't claim it as my favorite. No. Yeah, yeah. There's other ones I mean, that are it's better. It's a really but good one though. That's it's a really good scene. 
Yeah. So um, another one that was um, I, this other one was when uh, Rourke went over to Feeney's and he's, you know, reading him the riot act. And uh, and Feeney says, cops, back up cops. That's the job. And uh, Rourke says, this is what's been highlighted. I'm not talking about the job. She loves you and she doesn't love easily. It's difficult for her to feel it and to show it. Part of her may always be braced for betrayal for for a blow. You've been her father for 10 years, Feeney. She didn't deserve to be broken again. That scene actually really struck me this time. I don't know why, but that, when he said that about how part of her might be always braced for a betrayal. Yeah. I don't know why. It really struck me. I was like, that's that's pretty profound. Well, I feel like you get, again, you know, you kind of get perspective on something. After you've read, you know, so many books, you're right. now you're in you, now you know these characters, right. and so when you go back and do this and go back and do a reread, yeah, something like that jumps out because yeah. you, you're like, oh, agree, man, yeah, yeah, he's right, you know, he's right, yeah, and it just, yeah, just I don't know why, but yeah, it really it, that that line really struck me this time. It was like, oh, yeah, uh huh, yeah. And another one that I that I uh, marked here is, you know, when uh, Feeney comes over to apologize. You know, yes. it's wonderful. And yes. yeah, because, you know, they're they're both like not sure what to say or do or <laughs> they're so like, yeah, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> and, Eve, it, and Feeney tells her to take a shot, you know. To, to just slug him, take a shot. And then she says to him, like, maybe after you shave, that stubble would skin my knuckles. And then he says to her, you're going soft, leaving the high life with that rich Irish son of a bitch. And, and then she says, I beat the hell out of a sparring droid last night, one of Rourke's finest. And it says, yeah, pride swelled in him ridiculously. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Yes. That would be that he would be proud of her for almost destroying one of Rourke's droids. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but again, like a father. So more talk about um, rites and rituals. So Eve at, at a certain point sends uh, uh, Trina and Mavis to uh, Isis's uh, yeah. shop <laughs> because she feels like, you know, Mavis could spot if I, Isis was just uh, yeah, she was a, a grifter. grifter. Yeah. And, Mavis was like, Oh no, she's the real thing. And they bought a bunch of stuff. And, you know, when she got home, they were like going through it. Here's, (laughs) here's all the stuff that we bought. And, and Eve is thinking potions and lotions, smoke and mirrors, rites and rituals. Maybe this was before. Oh no, that was before. Okay. That was before they went in to the store when she was having her, um, Oh, her treatment, her treatment. Yeah. Okay. It was during that, that she was thinking that. And, and and then, Weird sisters. Oh, yeah. She was thinking Mavis with her neon hair and Trina with her pink frizz. Weird sisters. And then that's when she gets the idea to send them in. Send them in, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, she sends them in and, and uh, yeah, Mavis comes back and says that, no, she's legit. I think she, I think what she means, even if you're taking it as a, if you're taking it skeptically, yeah. I think what she means there is that she, that Isis is a true believer. She's right. not, she's not somebody who is running a scam. Right. You know, like yeah. Selena was, mm-hmm. you know, not so much that maybe she's a really a witch, but right. more that she's, you know, she's a, 
she truly is, you know, genuine and is doing these things because she believes in it. And yeah. Right. That's what I think she meant by that. Okay. Yeah. I think that that is what she means. Obviously like, you know, Eve, I mean, one, Eve can't ignore the fact that she also is like, she, you know, she's also, Mavis has also grifted before. Like she right. could not trust Mavis's instincts as much as we right. look at how silly Mavis can be. Like Eve's not going to just completely dismiss what she says anyway. Right. So that's kind of nice. But yeah, I, I think I agree that I think, you know, if you just take it at face value, like if you're just saying Mavis is says a hundred percent, she's not up to something bad. Whether right. it's witchcraft or whatever, it's not bad or harmful. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I took that was more as, yeah, she's not a, she's not a, she's not a grifter. She's not running a scam. Yeah. Right. Right. She's doing this because she's genuine and she believes in this, these things. And yeah. And another thing I thought was interesting and I probably didn't think about it at the time, but yeah, I mean, her, the whole, the whole scene where Eve is getting her treatment, that's another ritual. Yeah. Yeah. And again, was that put in because Nora thought, you know, I'm doing this book about I rituals and really weird that she did it on her lunch hour. Like I don't every know. time I read this book, I've never like it never happens again. It's always like work sets it up at home. Right. Or, you know, yeah. they you know, they do a girls' night or whatever. Right. But yeah, it was like, oh no, you're we're gonna well, take it's your because lunch. Because Mavis, go set, it Mavis just, set it up. Mavis set it up. Yeah. Well, I know Mavis set it up, but I just I don't know. I don't say, I don't like, like post this like era of the books. I don't see Eve even taking a lunch break, let alone right. taking a lunch break to go and get her hair done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's kind of a break in her. Well, hair. again, you know, and it, and it may be that she, she did that because, you know, she wants to put in another ritual. Sure. You know, yeah. within yeah. within the uh, the personal part of the book or the yeah. inter- interpersonal. And I get part. that. I just I don't know. It was just kind of a jarring break. It yeah. Yeah. Like, I also was just establishing that that's a thing that happens. In mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I just yeah. I no, know. I agree. It's very weird. Yeah. Yeah. I you know you could have set it up so that they did it at her house later. <laughs> You know, they didn't have to yeah, I guess so. come in and say, oh, in the middle of the day, you're taking your lunch break to get your hair done. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Because I could just see Eve being like, fuck you. Yeah. Are you crazy? <laughs> like, not do that. So. Yeah. She would never do that. So I just right. found it. And it's just funny because, you know, I mean, it didn't occur to Eve until later that, you know, she was out for a while or she wasn't paying attention for a while. And then, you know, she hoped that, you know, Trina didn't put anything on her. Yeah, <laughs> on her butt, and then of course, you know, yes, that happened. You know, I mean, and, and I love how she, how Nora did it because, like, she had me on the table for ten minutes. You don't think she snuck one on, and then and then Rourke said, you know, I'll have to make it my job to find out. And then the very next chapter starts with she had a rosebud on her ass and wasn't happy about it. Yeah. yeah. Well. My favorite part about that scene was Rourke telling her, like, didn't I, didn't I make it clear I was on your side? I did my best to chew it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that line makes me laugh every right. time. It does not matter what I, you know, how many times I've read it. Like, yeah. I just get this picture. Never mind. I get this picture in my mind. It's funny. Yes. We know what you had a picture of. 
No, okay. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, and, and Eva's like, I could bust her for this. And then, you know, Rourke is like decorating a cop's posterior without a license. <laughs> or my favorite, felonious reproduction of floral imagery. Floral imagery, yeah. <laughs> How would you like to have that on your rap sheet? <laughs> yeah, right? On your rap sheet, yeah. <laughs> So then, you know, earlier, now I see I sh- we should have come back. So we talked about <laughs> Eve being like not being too rigid and not being flexible enough when it comes to, you know, pretty much everything. And her her having to question uh, Chaz because she feels like he's, you know, in that hole. Yeah. And it pissed and it pissed Peabody off. Peabody said something about Good it. Good for Peabody. You know, I was on Peabody's side on that one. That she hit him too hard. But, you know, in, in yeah. Eve's perspective, you kind of have to, you know, to get to the truth. I sort of get that, but I feel like she was taking a harder line because right. she was trying to prove to herself that she could do it. Right. And it or was, that she wasn't And I think she took biased. it too far. I feel like she took it too far. Well, I, I think know. that she was trying it to... It was harsh. Yeah, she was trying to... I don't know, a, a lot of it you know, had to do with his father and she's thinking about her father. And right. so she doesn't want to bring that into the case, you know, and so she's hitting him harder because she wants to make sure she's not bringing that into the case. Like her thinking yeah, like, I well, that. I still think it's wrong. Right. Well, she definitely tends to um, be better about that literally in every other book in the series. Oh, if you sure. right. And so this one was, and even, and I, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see like when we're at those books, you know, where we, where we come into contact with like sexual crimes and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But it really does feel like it's, it's a lot with Chaz and Mm -hmm. he doesn't like, it's just his history she right. gives him zero leeway into who he is. Right. And literally coming at this man who she has no other proof to feel this way about him. It's just his history is very hypocritical. It's really Agreed. a concern. Agreed. Yeah, at that point, maybe. She had proof later because they went and searched and found. Yeah, but I also feel like with that, you know, in later books, you know, she can see she can see a setup right away. Like right. the minute it happens, she she knows it's a setup. Right. And like I knew it was a setup when I first read it. Right. So how did she, a trained investigator, not realize that it was a setup? Right. And so that I'm just kinda like, eh. You can't you can't say, well, this is obviously a setup. You know, you found yeah. evidence in somebody's in somebody's No, I get home. that, right. but she wouldn't even like look at it that way. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, again, because I think thought, she, she didn't want to be biased. She didn't want to yeah. like well, say to herself, that, like, but I think she was taking it way too far. There was, was overcompensation. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's well, yeah. And it, what, I, what I find interesting though, is, is she even knows it herself. Like she, you know, cause Peabody, you're kind of breeze with the riot act. And then later, um, when she's at home with Rourke, you know, she tells him like, I'm not a good person. I'm a good cop, but I'm not a good person. Yeah. I can't afford to be. And he's like, that's nonsense. And, you know, um, and she, and she says to him, like, you know, you don't want to admit it because, you know, that you've attached yourself to a person who's, you know, capable of 
doing what she does, you know, right. That, that he's blind to her faults. You know, she says like, I beat him to a pulp, not physically, but I ripped him to pieces emotionally. I wanted to, I wanted him to tell me that he'd done it so I could finish it and close it away. And again, that's probably another, this bringing up too much for her. So he, she just wants to be done with this case yeah, because yeah. emotionally again, it's, it's bringing it's up more too much. Eve learning, you know, just learning how mm-hmm. to handle these kids. And it's different when in the first, in the first part of it, she has someone who is, she's training, calling her out on it, mm-hmm. which, you know, is one of those moments where you're like, oh, that's your super, you know, that's your superior, but also, yeah, I agree with you, but also, we know more about Eve, and like, it's it's just more yeah. growing that right. if Peabody hadn't been there, how would it have gone? Who would have called her out? You know, would someone else have right. called her out? Probably right. not. Yeah, Feeny, Feeny probably wouldn't have. Feeny would have probably told yeah. her like, well, yeah, you did the right thing differently. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think Feeny might have told her like, no, you're doing the right thing. That's true. Yeah, you know, the evidence is there, thing. and or he might have, you know, just made a oh, maybe that was a little harsh. Yeah. Well, and Feeny is very, very emotionally connected to this, so right, whole yeah. thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I, true. I think Peabody kind of comes off a little bitchy sometimes with that kind yeah. of thing. Well, you know, fine. this whole book, and they're still trying to find. They're still feeling the way around each other. Yeah. No. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm not. That's not a criticism. That's just an observation, you know, where I think Feeney would be, he would cage it more as not really a joke, but just kind of, eh, kind of harsh, you know? Yeah. Maybe back that off a little bit, you know? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Where and then, and then kind of sometimes takes that kind of thing as a personal affront. Yeah. Like she takes it personally. And, and then Feeney yeah. would, uh, you know, reach into his pocket and take out a bag of nuts. And, right. give her one. <laughs> and that's, and that's just how and, funny uh, is. Honest, honest to God, I'm reading this book and you know, how many times has he taken out those goddamn Jordan almonds? <laughs> and every single time I'm like, Jordan almonds. Like I get, I go to the grocery store and I'm like, I have to stop myself from buying Jordan almonds <laughs> every single time I read a book like this. We went to the zoo today okay. and they were selling the roasted candied almonds oh. and, and yeah, cashews, see? and they smelled so good. Like, <laughs> They're so good. It's like no other time do I ever have a craving for that until I read a, yeah, this book and Feeny is constantly have them in his pocket. Them, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. You know. Yeah, do it. it's just anyway. So, um, so yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of emotional stuff happening in this book. No, yeah. um. I feel like this book is not necessarily so like last book was very, there was a lot of emotional stuff happening, but it was all, all very lighthearted. And this was kind of a very heavy book. Yeah. 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 And it leads into next book, which is (laughs) so heavy. Yeah. Next book is one of my favorites of the early books. Vengeance is probably, I would say number one in the, like the blue lady cover era. For me. Yeah. I absolutely love that book. Yeah. But I think that's even heavier than Ceremony, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. They're both really heavy books back They're to back. Both really heavy. I don't know. Back to back. Except at the end of this one, you know, Eve's naked and Peabody happens to see her tattoo. So. Uh, we should probably, you know, for our listeners, 
Yeah. We should probably talk about the end and how Eve covers a murder. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. How do we feel about that? <laughs> uh, you know, I. Again, this is fiction, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I'm torn on it. I think I think Jamie was a dumbass for doing it. Right. One. Right. You know, he never should have done it. Right. And I kind of I kind of wish I don't think she should have like turned him in or, you know. Yeah, because you know, I mean, been like you murdered this guy, you're going to jail. Right. But I wish she would have maybe taken him aside personally. And then, like, all right, there's going to be some consequences here. We need to talk about this, you know, and sort of thing. See, like, yeah. See, I, I don't know. I think, I think just be, and yes, it's because fiction, like AJ said, but like, right. Eve is, Eve is so driven by, like, by her like instincts that, because mm-hmm. she doesn't even think. No, she just no. goes for it. Jamie does this and she just takes care of it. Right. And it's fascinating because, you know, this is just more and more of Eve growing into this person who's actually accepted people into her life. She just doesn't want to think about it or talk about it or admit it, you know? Right. And Jamie kind of shoved himself into her life in this book. Yeah. And also like, she did it and she could have done like Jen said, she could have been like, okay, this is really how this needs to be handled, but she doesn't because what difference is that going to make? I don't know. Like, it's, it's I don't right. Know. I, I feel like I don't, I don't want to say it's out of character for her because it's not, but I feel like to, I mean, how many, I mean, yeah, we can say, Alvin deserved it all day because he did. Sure. Right. But how many times did she have murder victims and murderers that deserved it? And she like punished the perpetrator. Well, you know, and had to find justice for him. Yeah. But here's the thing. Then, and justice is the key word here because where, you know, I mean, what justice would have been served for Jamie to be, you know, no, 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 no. I know. I agree with that. I don't think she should have turned him in or, you know, told anybody that he did it. I just feel like maybe instead of just <laughs> covering for him and just being like, go on, sin no more. Right. Like, maybe have a talk with him. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, Jamie, dude, well, you want to be a cop? I mean, they have, it's not okay. They have quite an intense three sentence long conversation about it several books later. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? I just I don't know. I just feel like she kinda like it was kind of like just brushing it off instead of I mean he killed a man. Like right. just it wasn't an accident. It wasn't it you know it wasn't in the heat of battle. It wasn't self defense. Yeah. He straight up murdered him. Right. So I just feel like it should have been maybe talked about a little more. Yeah. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean fair. But <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't one bit think that she should have taken him in and, you know, tried to put him in jail over it. Not yeah. even close. 
but right because again that wouldn't have that no, that serves would, nobody no That's, purpose to that yeah no. but i feel like yeah maybe a conversation because jamie was very set on revenge and killing the people that killed his sister right in, yeah in this book. yeah and she told him over and over and over again that no good will come of it you've got to leave right. to me and then he did it anyways right you know yeah like I said, maybe just a conversation with Jane. Like, <laughs> okay. Man, not we'll cool. Don't do that again. Yeah. Maybe not that. <laughs> maybe don't kill a guy's again, you know? Not okay. But yeah, so at the end, you know, Peabody sees her tattoo and says, that's a lovely tattoo. <laughs> New? Yeah. And she and Eve says to Rourke, see, I told you I'd be humiliated by that stupid rosebud. And Rourke says, you've been drugged slapped tied up naked and nearly killed but a rosebud on your butt humiliates you and she's yeah, the like rest of those things are the job yeah the rosebud's personal <laughs> yeah yeah i love that so <laughs> that's a great end for the book that's it that's the best ending yes that's a fantastic end and i just want to make a point there's a little note that i made to myself okay here um because at a certain point eve looks up uh information on alban right mm-hmm. Alban, no, no known, al- al- no known alternate name. Alternate name. Okay, but born three twenty two, twenty twenty, and I just want to say, fuck you, twenty twenty. <laughs> I am <laughs> so over you, twenty twenty. Right? Very rude, twenty twenty. <laughs> I mean, Damn you twenty twenty. It's not a bad enough what we have oh, had to go through so far. Us, and then you gave us that. And then bastard. Albon too. It's what screw you, twenty twenty. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, I just had to get that off my chest. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Freaking 2020. So we do have some listener comments. Yes. Which is good. And, you know, I I really feel like listener comments on the last couple shows have been fantastic. Yes, they have. Yes. You know. Listeners are great. Yeah. We love you, listeners. (laughs) So the last episode uh, was Rapture. And again, you know, I just feel like Rapture was, it was not that it wasn't heavy, but it was a little bit more lighthearted. I feel like, you know, yeah, it's not, it wasn't, wasn't as heavy, you know, as this one, but uh, anyway. Um, so we have several people on Instagram. Heidi on Instagram um, said, listening to each episode is honestly the highlight of my Friday. Especially Yay. when it's book like books like Rapture, where the banter and dialogue is priceless. Thank you so much for sharing. Aw, you're not wrong. You it is great banter. No, yeah, Rapture is one of the, the best. Top five best things. In yeah, the series. absolutely. I've said that before. Yep. Uh, Dover fifty four also on Instagram. So enjoy these podcasts. Uh, Laughed so hard with this one. Looking forward to the next one. Aw. Let's hope she's not disappointed. <laughs> oh, I say funny. that. Like, yeah, fine. Eh, it's fine. fine. Uh, born truly Canadian on Instagram. As always, ladies, the podcast was outstanding. Thank Aww. you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and Hertz Linus Books on Instagram said, I love the podcast today, the Rapture podcast. Uh, I spent way too much time laughing at the 
got you three laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like we did that a little bit too much. Last we time. do laugh a lot. We do. But then I feel like yeah. that's good. Yeah, it's good. So um, our last trivia question uh, was uh, Rourke said that back in his alley days in Dublin, men like Jess Barrow, who's a dick, were called a specific name. What name did Rourke give to Jess? And the answer to that is Dick. Uh, Dick. <laughs> That's besides that Dick. Jess. <laughs> yeah, besides Dick. Um, Rourke says, he's what in my alley days in Dublin we would call a fug, a cross between a fuck and a pug. Lots of mouth and no balls. And he <laughs> says, I never met a fug who could draw blood without whining. Uh so this was answered by Bookish Arkansas Girl on Instagram. Um, okay. Also by uh, K.A. Gavio. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, Dover54 and N.A.K. 51 on Instagram. So they all knew it. Lots of right answers. Yeah, that's good. Nice, nice. So the next trivia question. Um, so we already mentioned that Mavis went to see Isis with uh, Trina to bring back Intel for Eve. Uh, so what was the name of the crystal that Isis suggested to Mavis would help someone close to her who carries too much stress? Oh, Oh, that's a good I know, one. I know. I know. Uh, well, of course, you know, <laughs> I say that every week. <laughs> you do say that every week, but you know, anyway, so yeah, there's the new trivia question for this week. Um, you know, we don't really have an Ask Jen from other people, but I have an Ask Jen. Oh, boy. Because in the last um, podcast, we did that podcast with um, Suzanne Winslow. Mm-hmm. And um, you had mentioned that um, Rourke finds out that Eve has a crush on Mr. Mira in Festive, but I couldn't find it. Are you sure it's Festive? I'm pretty sure. It's not sooner than that. If it's not festive, it's brotherhood. But I'm brotherhood brotherhood before festive. Oh wait, 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 wait. Give her a minute to think. Might have been concealed, or no? Now that what's the one before? What's the one? Is is it concealed? That's right. Make me look it up. Hang on a second. Before festive. No, brotherhood. Thankless is before festive. Okay. Yes, but I think concealed's in between thankless and festive. I am pulling up the wiki as we speak. I've got them in order. Okay. Let's see who can find it faster. Yeah, concealed is between thankless and festive. Yeah, you were faster than me. Okay, concealed. concealed. Yeah, concealed was before festive, and after that was obsession. Okay. Uh, Thankless is before concealed. It might be concealed. I'll look in concealed it's and see. Either concealed, festive, or brotherhood. Because I, I couldn't find I it in festive. festive. Because I thought it was after he, um, after he gives her the mittens and hat when she's at his house. Yeah. When she's at their. I'll house. look again. <laughs> but that might have been concealed. I might be thinking of. I know I can see the scene. Okay. But so it might be concealed and not festive. We will find the answer. <laughs> Now I'm going to out there. Yeah, right? 
Yeah, because it's driving me crazy. It's, I've been trying to find that scene, and I can't. You know, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, it I have to find concealed. that scene, and I'm unable to find it. So okay, it might be concealed. I might, okay, I might this is another. I just know ask, he, gives her, he gives her mittens and a hat when she goes. To right. Yeah. Precious. Right. And that <laughs> I think yeah, that was infestive. When, yeah, and that's when Rourke. Mm. Know, he finds out about her. Yeah. Her little crush on him. Huh. Yeah. Okay, I'll look again. Yeah, it's one of those two books. All right, we'll have to come back to that. It's one of those two books. All right. Yep, we'll have to come back to that. We trust you. (laughs) Yeah. I don't. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm. you know, you put all this faith in me for these questions. (laughs) You're so often right right about it so much, but, you know, sometimes, you know, it's hard. I know. I get it. It's a hard question. And I'm getting old. Well, yeah, aren't we all? Aren't we all? (laughs) So. (laughs) Okay, so I think that's it for podcast and death this this week. Yeah. Um, It's a good one. Yeah, I think so. It's kind of heavy, but, you know, I mean, and and like we said before, next time is going to be vengeance, and that's also going to be a heavy one. Next going to be rough. Yeah. Yeah, next one's going to be rough. Don't look for very many laughs on that podcast either. No. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. I think, I <laughs> right? think we need people to uh, yeah. give us their thoughts on social media on this one. Yeah. This one's, yeah, this it's, one's tough. Tough one. it's tough. It's tough. It's a tough one, and it's a very polarizing book in the fandom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. have major problems with the revelations in that in this mm-hmm. book. Yeah. Which... I don't necessarily think I'm one of them, but I, yeah, I've got some problems. Again, you know, it's fiction, so anything. Oh, absolutely, it's fiction, absolutely. But, you know, but yeah, it's a, so, you know, so yeah, yeah. Everybody, give us your your thoughts on on uh, on vengeance when it comes yeah. up. And next week is a pod villa, and we haven't we haven't decided what to do. For, we'll <laughs> we we'll figure it out. Next week. No. We'll figure it out. Yeah. So come back next week, and you'll be surprised. Yay, surprises. <laughs> we love surprises. We do. Yes. Yeah. So, and, you know, as always, uh, you can find us at our website, uh, podcastanddeath.com, um, where we have extensive show notes. I try to do pretty extensive show notes uh, and put them all there on podcastanddeath.com with links to things, you know. So last week we had Suzanne Winslow on and I put a link to her book there. So if you wanted to find her book and, you know, you can go to that show in on uh, podcastanddeath.com and find a link to it. Um, so, you know, I try to put in good show notes. Interact um, with the Twitter account, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jen's lonely on Twitter. People don't so interact with, my, with the snitches one either. It's yeah. Yeah. And Twitter's pretty active fandom wise. That's why I'm just kind of like, huh, maybe I'm not funny enough or something. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I maybe my, my Twitter game. Yeah, maybe <laughs> So interact with, <laughs> interact with Jen on Twitter on, on Twitter. We're at podcast in death and uh, on Instagram. We're also at podcast in death. And again, you can call us. Um, we haven't got any calls, so yeah, we're getting kind of lonely on the on the phone line too. <laughs> but um, it's there just in case you want to call us. So the number is two zero five four seven six two seven five three, and that spells out two zero five four Rourke. So two zero five, the number four, and Rourke. And I think that's it, right? Yeah. 
So, okay. So, for Podcast in Depth, this is AJ. I'm Jen. I'm Kara. And we will see you next time. See ya. See you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Podcast in Death. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan and Jen Terpstra and is produced by Amy Ryan. The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast in Death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo, and it's available at Shutterstock.com. This podcast and all of our previous podcasts are available at PodcastInDeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at PodcastInDeath.com, or find us on social media by searching for Podcast in Death on Twitter and Instagram. But no, we don't have a Facebook page. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-4-ROURKE. That's 205, the number 4, ROURKE. Thanks again for listening. And in the immortal words of Brian Kelly, fucking slunch it to you.